Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Well, I'm glad just to be here this morning. I had neighbors down the street party until 3.30 a.m. Finally, I figured if you can't beat them, join them. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why my head is in the clouds. <laughs> Trust me. And then I show up and I got a workover rig outside my office window just pulling steel, giving me flashbacks to North Dakota. I was like, did I make a wrong turn? You know, I'm so, I've only had a few hours sleep, you know, who knows where I'm at. But we're going to press through, bless God. Because it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, certainly not by my flesh. We're continuing this series on Seek First. And our text is Matthew 6.25 for this series. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And then drop down to verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's our key verse for this series. And we're talking about worry and what God has commanded us to do. And we see that the cause of worry is found in the story of Mary and Martha, as is the cure. So let's look at that story again in the NIV, Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So the last few weeks, we talked about the cause of worry. What produces worry in our hearts? Being overly occupied, being too busy, becoming distracted, feeling overwhelmed by overcommitments, thinking God doesn't care, feelings of unfairness and the need to control things in people. A habit of overthinking things. These lead to, be, lead to being worried and troubled in our spirits and in our hearts. And so now we're going to talk about the cure for worry. Bless God, we know the cause. Let's bring on the cure. It's time. Number one, welcome him in. This is one thing that Martha got right. It was good that she invited Jesus into her home. She opened her house received and welcomed Jesus in, and made him feel quite at home. This is all good. Martha started off on the right foot. Now, this word welcomed is an interesting word in the Greek. Hupodexato means kindly received. She received him in a friendly manner under her roof and entertained him hospitably, according to Adam Clark's commentary. So we, we see the welcoming is to bring someone in under your roof, literally or figuratively, to to welcome them, to receive them. And we see this same word is used when Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus into his house for lunch. Look at Luke 19, 6. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down from the sycamore tree and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. If we want to overcome worry, we need to receive and welcome Jesus into our lives with excitement and joy. 
If you want to, want to break free of those concerns of anxiety, invite the Lord in. Invite the presence of God into your everyday life. Not just in church, but every day. It's a good thing that Martha welcomed and received Jesus into her home. It's what she did next that resulted in her worry. In Wearsby's Bible commentary, it says, Consider Martha's situation. She received Jesus into her home and then neglected him as she prepared an elaborate meal that he did not need. So she said, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'll be with you in, a, in an hour. She just totally brought him in, but then left him alone. Now, certainly a meal was in order, but what we do with Christ is far more important than what we do for Christ. Nothing replaces us being in the presence of God. And Martha welcomed Jesus, but then she got super busy and stressed out fixing the food and making preparations. Instead, her younger sister, Mary, did something just the opposite. You know, our life, it's all about priorities. It's all about what we order in our life, what we set in our life. And Martha had a different priority than did Mary. And so there would be time for food, but now was the time for being at the feet of Jesus. If we want to cure our worry, we need to, number two, sit at his feet. This is one of the greatest cures for anxiety and stress is to be at the feet of Jesus. Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet. Now this is not the only time that she would humble herself this way. Whenever you saw Mary, she was at the feet of Jesus. Look at this. In Wearsby's Bible commentary again, Mary of Bethany is seen three times in the gospel record. And on each occasion, she is in the same place. At the feet of Jesus. She sat at his feet and listened to his word in Luke 10, 39. She fell at his feet and shared her woe, John eleven thirty two, 32, when her brother died. And came to his feet and poured out her worship in John 12, 3. And so we see that Mary is accustomed to being at the feet of Jesus. This is why she's a special person. This is why she's a blessed person. Because she knew how to settle in and sit before the master. I want to encourage you today, we need to settle into the presence of the Lord. We need to welcome the Lord in and then we don't run off, don't get busy, welcome the Lord in in worship and then we need to enter in and settle into his presence. And this takes practice, it takes, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes consistency. Mary settled in and so do we and that's what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus. Look at Psalm 46, verse 10. You know this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I love how it, how it translates it in, in the New American Standard. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and stop striving. Stop stressing out. And the way we overcome stress is to, to settle in, to sit down, to be at peace. We must remove all distractions, quiet our hearts, and be still before the Lord. I want to say this. We will never silence our worries until we quiet our souls. We will never be able to silence the, that anxiety unless we've learned to bring stillness in our hearts. And Jesus explained how to prepare ourselves 
for that, for being in prayer. Matthew 6, 6 in the New King James says this. Jesus was teaching. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Did you hear that? God is in the secret place. And when we get alone with the Lord, he is there. He promises to be there. But we have to get to that place, that secret place with the Lord. God is in the secret place, that quiet place, that solitary place. He is in that still place where we stop striving, where we cease striving and stressing. And we all need a place to go. We all need a room or a closet or a place where we can pray uninterrupted. How many say amen to that? You, we have to have a place where we go, a secret place where we go and meet the Lord. We have, a, with our, our children leaving the nest, we are empty nesters. So we've got empty rooms. And so I've taken over one of those as my study. And that's where I go to meet with God. And I have a lazy boy that I call my prayer chair. Bless God. I can, you know, I can get comfy and cozy in that chair and really hear the voice of God. But we have to prepare ourselves. We need that place. We need to be at the feet of Jesus. Again, from Wearsby, it is vitally important that we spend time at the feet of Jesus every single day, letting him share his word with us. The most important part of the Christian life is the part that only God sees. The most important part of your Christian life is only what God sees. That part that no one else sees, that, that private place, that secret place. Unless we meet Christ personally and privately each day, we will soon end up like Martha, busy but not blessed. I mean, you know, most times those two words don't go together. Would you rather be busy or would you rather be blessed? And so when we sit at the feet of Jesus, there's something we must do. Number three, listen to his word. Now, once again, you got Martha barking out orders at everybody, trying to get Jesus. She's even barking at Jesus. Tell, tell my lazy sister to help me. She's barking out orders and getting everything ready. And while she's doing all that, Mary's listening. At the feet of Jesus. Oh, you, you, you got to know that made Martha's blood boil. I'm doing all the stinking work and look at her with her doe eyes looking up at Jesus. And, and so I, I could just see Martha stomping all around the kitchen, banging pots and pans. Guys, you ever picked up on that before? You, you hear this stomping sound and pots and pans, you know, being banging together. I want to clue you in. That means trouble. You've done something wrong. When there's pots of banging, you're probably not sitting at the feet of Jesus, but on the stinking couch watching sports. <laughs> so I've learned when I hear pots and pans banging, I dear, would you like some help? Can I help prepare the food? But this is different because Martha is all upset, all troubled, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And not only that, she's hanging on every word he says. He's, she's sitting at his feet, but she's listening to what he has to say. 
And so Martha was loudly complaining about her sister, but Mary was quietly listening to Jesus teach. How many know you can't listen and talk at the same time? And maybe Martha was trying to hear Jesus. She wanted to be there. I really believe Martha wanted to be in Mary's place, but she wouldn't let herself. She wanted things done just the right way, and she was stressed out. She thought she could only find peace when she's, when I get all of this meal done, then I'll sit at the feet of Jesus. Then I can let things go. But she was trying to multitask, maybe trying to listen to Jesus and fix the meal at the same time. And we've already discussed the fact that we can't multitask. Guys, we can't. Let's knock it off. Let's, let's come out of the closet and say, I can't multitask. Because I'm telling you what, there are five words every husband fears the most. Were you listening to me? I mean, there are times my heart is stopped. My blood runs cold. And so at this point, gentlemen, you have a choice. I'm just cluing you in. You can either tell the truth and say no, knowing the conversation will be over and you will be in the doghouse. But at least the conversation's over. So, or, or, or you can lie and say, yes, dear. At which point you will hear the second most terrifying five words. Then what did I say? <laughs> Ladies, you got to stop this. This is killing us. Please don't, don't take us there. Don't tempt us to lie. And so at this point, again, the conversation's over, but you will be a dead man walking. Now, another option that some have tried is to change the subject by complimenting her appearance. You know, that eyeshadow looks so good on you. I love that new perfume. You sm smell so good. You're hoping to distract her. Trust me, it's not going to work. She knows where she left off. We can't multitask and be busy with other things and expect to hear God's voice when we pray. You see, prayer is more than just talking. It's listening. And listen to this promise. Oh, I wasn't aware of the scripture. That's why I love God's word. It's so rich. But listen to this promise in Isaiah 48, 18 in the New Living Translation. Oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves of the sea. Is that awesome? If we just listen, he will have waves of peace Gentle river of peace flowing over us. Waves of righteousness. Wow, what a picture and what a promise. But the only way we can do that is to listen. We can't get to that place until we've learned to listen. Listening to the Lord actually calms our worries. Charles Eardman said this. While the master does appreciate all that we undertake for him, he knows that our first need is to sit at his feet and learn his will then our tasks we shall then then in our task we shall be calm and peaceful and kindly and at our last service may attain the perfectness 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 of that of Mary when in a later scene she poured upon the feet of Jesus the ointment the perfume of which still fills the world you see there will be time for serving the lord but only after sitting at his feet. 
I want to tell you, whenever you're ready to go out and serve the Lord, whatever it may be in your ministry, wherever it may be, you've got to start with sitting at the feet of Jesus. It always has to precede service. Sitting at the feet of Jesus always precedes service. Before you do any ministry, I don't care if it's being on the worship team or a greeter, you need to prepare your heart for ministry. We've got to sit at the feet of Jesus before we do his will and do his work. Yes, we are called to do his will. Yes, we're called to do his work, but we can't do it on our own. And when we sit at the feet of Jesus, he empowers us to do the work he's called us to. And there will be time to do ministry, but ministry should never precede relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, my longtime friend and mentor, Pastor Gary Peters, used to often say there are 96 15-minute periods in each day. Give God at least one. We have 96 15-minute periods every day. Can't we give God one of them? Just one 15-minute period. Now, some of you may give God two or three or more than that. But for some of you, this is, this is the first time. And so we can start small. The danger is we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for three hours every day. The first day you're asleep five minutes in. You're at Bedside Baptist with sister sheets. You know, you're in, just, you're in bed. You're asleep. And so instead of taking on three hours, take 15 minutes. Just take that 15-minute period and give it to God. And so I want to present to all of us this week the 9615 challenge. This is what we're going to do. I hope you'll join with me. The 9615 challenge, just for this week. And so here's what you do. You block out 15 minutes before you start your day. Before you check social media, before you get on the news, whatever it may be. There are times where I'm laying in bed and I reach over to the phone and start reading the news. I'm not even out of bed yet. That's ridiculous. And so we're not going to do that. We're not going to be distracted by the day. We're going to be like Mary. And we're going to give that time to the Lord. And so before you do anything with your phone, in fact, get your phone out of there. Find your secret place. Find your secret room. I also have a prayer closet with a beanbag in there in case I really want to get in the secret place. But sometimes it's too hot, so I just sit in the lazy boy. But wherever it may be, wherever your, your lazy boy is, your beanbag is, wherever your secret place is, get there, but do not bring your phone. Our phones are the biggest distractions we have in life. Isn't it true? Come on, let's be honest. It's a ball and chain everywhere we go. People can find us anywhere. They can call us anywhere at any time, no matter what we're doing. And there's just times where, come on, leave me alone. But we got to set that aside because we, we're going to be drawn to, it's like a magnet. We're going to be drawn to, oh, let me just check, let me just check some email real quick. Let me just check a text. Oh, that text beeped. Oh, let me check that. No, get the phone out of there. Find the quiet place and parents may need to help each other. So someone watch the kids while the other prays. Sit down in your prayer chair. Settle in with a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. That's okay. And then quiet yourself on the inside. And I want to encourage you to open a Bible. And not just a digital Bible, but an analog.
Bible. Now, I love the digital Bible. I've got like 30 on my phone. But sometimes you just need to hold it in your hand. And I just want to encourage you in this 9615 challenge, get a real, living, solid, touchable, tangible Bible. And in your quiet time, begin to listen and begin to read. First, welcome him in through worship. Welcome the Lord into your life. And then begin to listen. Just listen. Because the Bible says there, he speaks with a still, small voice. And he speaks to your spirit. And then your Bible's there to confirm what God has said. Because God will never say something contrary to his written word. And, there are, and if you can just read. And remember, quality over quantity. Just begin to read before you know it, that 15 minutes will be gone so fast. You'll be wanting an extra 15. And I'm telling you, it's like, you know, they, the doctors always tell you to drink water. I do drink water. It's, it's in iced tea. Okay, you can't make iced tea without water, bless God. But I know, I know, it's not the same, you know. And when you're a kidney stone sufferer such as I, they tell you to drink water all the single time. And I see people with jugs of water. Man, my youngest son, he has this jug of water. I wouldn't get any work done if I drank that much water. You know what I'm saying? I'd be up all night and it wouldn't be the neighbor's problem. It'd be my problem. But the truth is, when you only drink water, you get used to it. And it's the only thing you want. But it just takes that practice of just wanting water instead of soda or whatever it may be. It's the same with devotions when you have time with God at first it's a challenge because you've never done this before but after a while you'll be addicted to it in a good way you will you will long for to get time with Jesus you will look forward to your quiet time to your 9615 challenge and so do these three things welcome in God's presence through worship just sing a worship song Listen carefully in your spirit and read your Bible slowly. We, don't raise your hands, but I'm hoping we're all going to take this 9615 challenge this week. Every day, seven days, starting tomorrow. What, what might happen to you if you did this every day? What might happen to our church if we all did it every day? I'm telling you what. There will be a move of God. There'll be a move of God in your life. There'll be a move of God in our church. But it takes us being at the feet of Jesus. We can't go out in the highways and byways until we've sat at his feet, listened to his word, and welcomed in his presence. We have to do this first every day. And I'm telling you what, when you, when you make God first, remember, this is about seek ye first. This is the whole thing we're talking about. Seek first. The first thing that you do in the day. Before your physical meal, have a spiritual meal. Before you get into the news or social media, whatever, let God's word be the first thing you read in the day. Except maybe the instructions on the coffee machine. How do I get this thing to work? Now, some of you, you don't even have to have coffee. Bless God, don't be all high and mighty about it. Some of us at least have to have something. I just find that when I've got my coffee latte, it's easier for me to worship the Lord. 
and I know that's true for some of you because I see you bring in coffee cups during service. Bless God, rock on, I'm good. I'm good with that. So, here's what we need to do. Number four, we must realize one thing is needed. Only one thing is worth being concerned about. It's the essential thing. It's the necessary thing. Look at Psalm 27.4. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Is that? I love the psalmist. He says, it's the only thing I want. I just want to be in God's presence. I just want to see his beauty. When we seek the Lord above all else, and when we dwell in his presence, and when we gaze on his beauty, we will not be able to worry. This is the answer. This is the one thing. It's his presence. You know, this is about simplification. We must simplify our lives and our schedules. We must set aside margin so that we're in, not always in such a hurry and overcommitted and overdoing and so bu busy. Because Mary chose one thing, and this contrasts Martha. Remember, Martha was doing many things. She's doing many things. Mary just chose one. And Thomas Constable says this, Jesus was telling Martha that the one thing that Mary had chosen was more important than the many things Martha had chosen to do. The implication was that Martha should listen more and labor less. The good part that Mary would not lose was the blessing that comes to those who pay attention to the teachings of Jesus with an attitude of dependence on him. And that's what this does too. We depend on the Lord. He starts our day. Finally, number five, choose the better. Martha chose what was good. It's good to serve the Lord. But Mary chose what is better. Mary discovered what was best. She made the right choice. And throughout our lives, we will often have choices between what is good and what is better. Sometimes we just settle for the good. Ah, oh, that's halfway. That's half-hearted. But I'm here to tell you, we need to not settle for the good, but choose. And it's our, we have the power to choose the, good, the better, not just the good. And in those times, we have to choose peace over panic, faith over fear, and calm over concern. If we choose the better, we will have this promise. It will not be taken away. A lot of things can be taken away, but when we choose the better, it won't be taken from us. I close with the believer's commentary. Our Lord prizes our affection above our service. Service may be tainted with pride and self-importance. Occupation with himself is the one thing needful, that good part which will not be taken away. And so I believe that this is God's word and it teaches us how to live. And if we will just follow this example, these principles of welcoming the Lord into life, at the beginning of the day, seek first, seek first. At the beginning of the day, welcome in the Lord with worship in that quiet place. Receive him. Listen. Be quiet in your mind and in your heart. Listen and read his word. And I believe if we'll start every day with those things, 
then God promises he'll take care of everything else. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you as well. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart and life as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you a chance to do that. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Those are very real places. And Jesus died so we won't have to go to hell. He died for us so we can go to heaven for eternity. It's our choice. It's our choice. And so today you have a choice. You can accept Christ or you can reject him. And with each choice comes consequences or blessings. And so this is a serious moment. I'm not going to candy coat it. This is the real deal. We're living in troubled times. We need to be right with God. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, or if you've, you know you've fallen away, but you want to come back, God's always welcoming to prodigals. If you want to accept Christ or you want to come back to the Lord, would you just slip up your hand? Just raise your hand. Yes. See in the balcony? Yes. Yes. You can put your hand right back down. Many hands were raised. I want to lead you in a prayer if you raised your hand. I want to welcome you to the family of God where you can find rest for your soul. So I'm going to ask you to pray after me and everyone else is going to join along. If you're a believer, would you join with these people who have raised their hands? And if you raised your hand and you're ready to accept Christ, please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. Dear Jesus, I receive. I receive you into my life. I receive your spirit. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. And I receive eternal life in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to follow up with you. We want to help you on your journey. And so at the end of service, we have elders that are up here praying for people. If you would like to come up and receive prayer and just tell them that you prayed that prayer for the first time. Or if you'd let us know just the card in the back of the pew, just give us your name, contact information, and that you received Christ so we can follow up with you. The rest of you, would you stand? Elders and board members, would you come forward and prepare to pray? For those who may have need, if you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, then I encourage you to come and join these folks and receive prayer. And we're going to continue to worship. And so if you want to just stay and worship, it's okay. For the rest of us, we're going to keep our conversation to the foyer so we won't disrupt anything the Lord is doing here. And if you just want to kneel at the altar by yourself, you feel free to do that as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Remember the 9615 challenge this week. Our worship service begins at 1030 every Sunday. You can join us in person or online. We broadcast live on both Facebook and YouTube. We would love for you to join us and be our guest this Sunday. Our address is 4901 California Avenue, Bakersfield, California. 
Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.